0: You are listening to Hellcat's Hope, episode number 16. Welcome to Hellcat's Hope, the podcast to find humor, healing, and hope. Come along with Hellcat as she explores ways to help you overcome adversity and find your own inner Hellcat. Yes, Hellcat is her legal middle name, and hope is her game, bringing hope to others by showing what's possible. Here's your host, law school grad, motivational speaker, author, and certified life and smoking cessation coach, Lori Hellcat Bamford. Hello friends, welcome, welcome back. Episode 16, gastric bypass, humor, healing, and hope. (laughs) So I mentioned in last episode 15 that I have made the decision after consulting with my primary care physician and the weight loss surgeon, that I would be an excellent candidate for gastric bypass. And I want to talk to you today about that decision and about sharing that decision with all of you and with people on Facebook and how so far my journey has been. Now, before I get to that, though, first, I want to talk about how I've spent my morning so far. It is Saturday morning, August 22nd. And I've mentioned before that I am training for the Dopey Challenge at Walt Disney World that is taking place January 7th through the 12th at Walt Disney World. And if you've listened to the prior episodes, especially the running episode, you know this will be my third attempt (laughs) at completing the half marathon and the marathon. So the Dopey Challenge at Walt Disney World is over four days. The first day is a 5K. The second day is a 10K. The third day is a half marathon, and the fourth day, Sunday, January 12th, is the full marathon. And I have been following the Jeff Galloway training plan. Now, before this week, I had done nothing for three weeks. Why, you ask? (laughs) Well, I was helping our son, Aaron, go off to college, getting him packed, getting him moved. And of course, with that came along some situational depression and sadness And during those few days that I was moving him, I just didn't feel well. Whatever was going on emotionally or stress, it had manifested itself into my body, specifically in my gut. Now, I thought there were some issues with my lady parts because it was my gut, but it was kind of basically from the waist down. But I've since had it all checked out. I made a doctor's appointment. I saw my GYN. And then I went and had an ultrasound. Everything is fine. Totally fine. Which I kind of figured it would be because as soon as I got home from moving Aaron into his dorm, it completely stopped and went away. And I hadn't had any trouble since. So for those three weeks, I didn't do anything. I didn't do any of my training plans, which basically is 45 minutes twice a week and then a long run on the weekend. I hadn't done anything. I pretty much was just checked out of it. Now, my friend Amanda Crawford, she had had enough. By the way, today is Amanda's birthday. Amanda, if you're listening, happy birthday. So my friend Amanda, she had given me a cutoff. Amanda, if you don't know her, (laughs) she is no nonsense. She is a coach herself. She coaches power tumblers and gymnastics. And she is such a loyal friend. She can speak her truth and hold space for you to do the same. Our boys have grown up together playing football. And I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed. So happy birthday, Amanda. And it's interesting, I want to note this too, that Amanda and I are pretty different politically speaking and on other issues as well. But we listen to each other. We get it. We don't make it mean anything other than that is what she believes in and this is what I believe in and we can talk about it. That might be a good lesson for many of us to learn. So the Jeff Galloway training plan called for nine miles today. So last weekend was three miles, which I did. But three weeks prior, I had done a 10K, so I was up to about six miles. This week, I did all of my training runs. I did last Saturday, three miles. I did 45 minutes on Tuesday, 45 minutes on Thursday. I got up at 4.30 this morning and began my training run at around 5.15. And I just ran through the neighborhood, which is hilly, by the way. No, I'm not bitter. But it's been so interesting to observe that the body recovers so quickly, And the body remembers, the muscle memory happens so quickly, even though I hadn't done anything for three weeks. Last Saturday was, it wasn't terribly easy, but it wasn't impossible. And I think many times when we've been out of our routine for a few weeks, out of our exercise routine or our training routine, and we think, oh my goodness, especially with a routine that requires mileage that keeps building up, whether you're doing it or not, sometimes we have these thoughts that it's going to be terrible or it's going to be difficult. And as I've shared before, this is what I coach my clients on, this think, feel, act cycle. And that tool is something that we use to manage our minds. And when I say manage our minds, it means whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, we can have all the thoughts that we want about it. As long as we understand that those thoughts create feelings that drive our actions, and that gets us the result that we want. So for example, last Saturday before the three miles, I was, oh, Y'all, I had to do some major mind management around that because all I kept thinking was I haven't done anything in three weeks. This is going to be terrible. This is going to be so hard. Oh, and guess what I realized when I had that thought about it, I was thinking about how dreadful it was going to be. It created a feeling of dread and think about it. Whenever you're dreading something, what do you do? You delay it. You worry about it. You obsess about it because it's, you're dreading it. And guess what? It is going to be dreadful. It will be dreadful. So in those moments, I decided to think, you know what? I, that thought is not serving me. <laughs> so I decided instead to think, I will see what I can get done. I'm going to take my time. My body recovers very quickly. And guess what? It wasn't terrible. So I did that run Saturday. Tuesday felt amazing. Thursday was okay. And today was good. 7.13 miles. i Just took Sarah up to the barn and she said, seven miles. I said, 7.13. Don't forget the one three, (laughs) please. So I do a lot of thinking on these long runs and I started listening to a new podcast, Hope Through History. Oh my goodness. If you haven't listened to that yet, give it a, give it a listen. That is really good stuff. The first episode is about the Great Depression. And all I kept thinking while I was listening to it was history really does repeat itself. The episodes are great lessons in history, politics, but most importantly, hope. So give that one a listen. After listening to podcasts for probably the first three or four miles, I was getting tired. So I switched over to my music. I listened to The Climb by Miley Cyrus or Hannah Montana. I listened to my usual angry rap music that really gets me going. And then This Is Me came on from The Greatest Showman. And I wanted to share these words with you that just really spoke to me this morning. When the sharpest words want to cut me down, I'm going to send a flood, going to drown them out. I am brave. I am bruised. I am who I'm meant to be. This is me. And I'm marching on to the beat I drum. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. And as I listened to that song, I thought of so many things. And one thing was I used to be so embarrassed to run outside when I first started running, because I thought, I don't want anybody to see me. I don't want people to make fun of me. And I've learned that that's ridiculous because here's the deal. Maybe there are people laughing at me or scoffing or, oh my gosh, look how slow she is. But I don't care. I'm not out there doing it for them. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. And just maybe somebody who does see me says, hey, that's a great idea. I should start taking better care of myself too. If she can do it, I can do it. The second thing it reminded me of, and that's what I want to talk to you about this week, is owning your story. Marching to the beat that you drum and not being scared to be seen and don't make apologies for yourself. As I mentioned in the last episode 15, I shared with you guys my decision to have gastric bypass. Specifically, I'm having the Rue and Y gastric bypass procedure. The roux and y gastric bypass, or sometimes you'll hear it referred to as the r is a type of weight loss surgery and bariatric surgery. It's done laparoscopically with small incisions in the abdomen. And basically what happens is the surgery reduces the size of your upper stomach to a small pouch, about the size of an egg. And the surgeon does this by stapling off the upper section of the stomach, which of course reduces the amount of food that you can eat. The surgeon then attaches that pouch directly to a part of the small intestine called the Roux limb. This forms a Y shape, hence the name the Roux and Y. The food you eat then bypasses the rest of the stomach and the upper part of the small intestine. It reduces the amount of fat and calories you absorb from the foods you eat. And it does also have an element of malabsorption because it does reduce the amount of vitamins and minerals that you absorb from food. Now, I was debating between this procedure and the sleeve. But after looking at the reasons in my metabolic history and where my metabolic system is right now, specifically with regard to insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes, this procedure had the highest effective success rate specifically to stop and reverse type 2 diabetes. And as I've shared before, I have a family history of type 2 diabetes. I've seen what it can do. And I just don't want to go down that path. And if this tool is going to help me not go down that path, I want to take advantage of that. And so that was one of the main factors in deciding this particular procedure for me. It also has higher success rates long term. And it is referred to as the gold standard for bariatric surgery. Now, I know when I shared that in episode 15, and I know not everyone in the world or even locally (laughs) listens to this podcast yet. Speaking of that, I'm so excited. I was looking at the statistics for the podcast, and as of today, there are 3,146 downloads. But what I thought was so cool is They will break down for you where people are from that are listening. And I was so excited. 96% are from the United States. But then there are also listeners in Saudi Arabia, United Kingdom, Canada, Spain, Australia, and France, Japan, and Mongolia. I'm international, (laughs) y'all. But I knew just by mentioning it in the podcast, a lot of people still didn't know. And I thought a lot about how much of this journey am I going to share? What am I going to share? How are people going to react? Because it is something that I thought about for the last year. Trust me, I had a lot of my own thoughts about it that I also had to work through. And so Monday morning, this past Monday morning, I had to have labs done. And I was going to check in at the lab place, but I stopped myself. I wondered... No, I, I'm not quite ready to put this in the Facebook world. And so I didn't. We'll talk about in a minute why I didn't. And then Tuesday I came around and I had to go to the actual hospital and have a multitude of tests done there at the hospital. I had a chest x ray, an upper GI barium test, and then an EKG. So I get to the hospital, Integris Hospital in Edmond, which by the way was simply amazing. It was such a seamless process. The staff, every staff person that I came in contact with was amazing and the doctors. And so I'd left the hospital. I'm sitting in my car and I thought, you know what? I'm going to share this. This is not something I want to be embarrassed about. I had worked on the shame issues that were surrounding the issue for the last year. And I don't want to be ashamed of it. And so Tuesday, I decided, sitting in my car, okay, we're sharing it on Facebook. So I did. I I checked in at the hospital and shared with everyone the, the tests that I was getting. First of all, I was so encouraged by all of the support. So thank you guys so much. And I was also surprised at how many of my other friends had had this done, even recently, and I had no idea. And sure, you know, Facebook friends, you don't talk to them every day. But I also didn't recall seeing on their Facebook page or their story or anything like that of this pretty big monumental life decision. Now, I understand not everyone is an oversharer like me. Yes, I realize I'm an oversharer. I share it all. (laughs) It's so funny. Recently, a memory popped up on my timeline. It was my sister Elizabeth, which by the way, she celebrated a birthday this week also. Happy birthday, Beth. So my sister Beth, also known as number five, Out of the 12 children, she had said to me a few years ago, You know, we don't have to tell everyone everything. (laughs) Clearly, I haven't listened (laughs) to that advice. (laughs) But I understand that some people, especially when it comes to medical issues or surgeries, people just don't feel comfortable sharing that with everyone. I get that. Many people are just private people. I understand not everyone's out there like I am with all their information. But I also wondered, do some people not discuss this because they're carrying around some shame about it? I get it. I had just paused on Monday morning. I've done so much thinking and journaling about it. And I realized that on Monday, the only really good reason why I didn't do it is because I was still carrying around some shame. You know, I made this decision mean so many things that it's just not My brain kept wanting to tell me, well, it's just an easy way out. You're just quitting. You're just giving up on the hard parts. You're just, you just, you're just a failure. This just proves that you're a failure. Yes, all of those thoughts came up. But I worked on them. I was honest about them. I put them down on paper and then I called bullshit on them because they're not true. This is not an easy way out. This is not some something that I just woke up one day and said, you know what? I'm tired of being fat. I'm just going to go have surgery. No. As I'm sure with many of you, this is a journey that, at least for me, has been 10 years. 10 years of successful weight loss without the mental work and the mental recovery and the mental healing, right? this is just another tool. This doesn't mean that I'm walking away from all the other tools that I use. This doesn't mean that I'm walking away from intuitive eating. Heavens no. I'm going to need intuitive eating now more than ever. I've learned how to trust my body, for my body to tell me when it's satisfied, when I need to stop eating. I know those signals. It's something that I've practiced. The other tools of drinking my water and getting adequate sleep, those are certainly going to have to stay around. And of course, the journaling and the mental work, that will never go away. That will always have to be a part of this process. This is just another tool. And you know, I decided I am nothing if I'm not real with you and others in my life. I truly try to share the good, the bad, the ugly, the amazing. I've shared many times that life is 50 50. It is 50% glorious and amazing, and then 50% shit sometimes. And it is through life coaching and, of course, studying Brene Brown that I learned shame only grows in secrecy. So I will share this journey with you, all of it. You can choose not to listen. That's not gonna hurt my feelings. But I always think on what my mentor, Dr. Bertie Sperry, even shared recently. She said, sometimes the hard stories are the most important ones to share. It is helpful to the listener and always helpful to the teller. So I'm not going to be ashamed of this. There's no reason to be. I'm not going to be embarrassed by it. There's no reason to be. And you shouldn't either. So Monday I had my labs. Very uneventful. I think they took like nine vials of blood though. And then I had to do some test where I had to drink this citrusy water stuff. It wasn't terrible. And then blow into a bag. And then wait fifteen minutes and then blow into the bag again. Apparently it measures the bacteria that may be in your gut. Now, the technician noted that I was an excellent bag blower. So I was I was so impressed with that, you know. You know, I'm the overachiever, right? I finished up the Monday labs. Tuesday, I had several tests at the hospital. Like I told you, the chest x-ray, the upper GI barium, and the EKG. Now, I did not think this through, and I wore a cute little dress that day. Now, mind you, the reason I chose the cute little dress is because it was really the only thing that was clean. (laughs) But it's super cute. It's just like a little bit off the shoulders, and it's just, it's just a summery dress. I just love it. That is not really the kind of clothes you want to wear, though, when you're going to have to lay on this machine that's going to basically roll you around like you're on some sort of roller coaster ride. Just stress me on this. Now, they were very accommodating. They had a blanket to cover me up with. But Lord, let me tell you, I just knew I was flashing half the staff. But the barium test was pretty cool. So you had to drink this. It was like the best way I know to describe it is like milk of magnesia. So they gave you, they gave me a cup and I'm standing on this machine and they give me a cup and the doctor explains to me that, take a sip, just let it sit in my mouth. And then when he tells me to swallow, swallow, because then he takes all these pictures, right? With this big machine. And so, you know, I've got this drink and it's not terrible. It's okay. I think maybe if they just put like a sweetener in it or something, it maybe would have been a little bit more tolerable, but it was okay. Well, then they give you a much thicker version of this Milk of Magnesia stuff. And that was a, that was a little tougher to swallow. <laughs> but the machine was so cool. So it just like stood you up and it laid you down. And then you would, you know, then you coach your stomach by rolling around on this table <laughs> in a dress. So those of you who are considering or you're going to go for these tests, make sure that you're wearing like leggings or something. Just take it from me. So I get off of the machine after the the barium test is all over. And of course, they made me, you know, take off my underwire bra. And so I'm trying to put that back on. And I usually experience some seasonal vertigo in the fall. And I've been having a little bit of that. Well, it hit me like a ton of bricks in that moment. And it was so funny because it was one of those moments where you're, you're kind of standing there. And I thought, oh, here's the vertigo. Oh, oh, this is a bad one. I probably should mention to them that I'm pretty sure I'm about to pass out. (laughs) And it all happens really quickly in your brain. But I knew I thought I need to tell these nurses before I completely fall out on the floor. And I did. I said, you know, I'm super dizzy and I'm pretty sure I'm about to pass out. And so they had me sit down and drink some water. It was like 30 seconds and it was done. (laughs) And then I had the EKG. Again, not a good idea to wear a dress to that either. I had to take the whole thing off. (sighs) They do the EKG, which takes seriously less than like three or four minutes they just put the little stickers on you they run the thing which I was done now I did receive a call the next day that my EKG was quote abnormal now my doctor had had his assistant call me to tell me that of course she couldn't tell me what that meant but I had her send over the EKG to my primary care physician Dr. King and he looked it over as well And so I'm going to have to see a cardiologist to get cardiac clearance for surgery. Now the abnormality is a prolonged PR interval and some left ventricular hypertrophy, hypertrophy. Y'all, I know I probably butchered that, but Dr. King said that's usually secondary to blood pressure issues, which I am on a low dose lisinopril for blood pressure. He didn't seem worried about it, but I am going to see a cardiologist so that I can get cardiac clearance for my surgery. And yes, I asked my doctor if I could do my training run this morning. Don't think it didn't cross my mind last night. I was like, you know, self, this is what my brain does. You know. Your, your EKG was abnormal. I'm not sure you should go do your seven miles tomorrow. You probably should just sleep in. Take it easy. Now, the old me would have just accepted that and said, like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I really, it really was abnormal. I really should just not do this training run. However, I decided to text my doctor because he's awesome like that. And yes, I have his cell number. I texted him and I said, hey, am I okay to do a, a seven mile walk, run, training run tomorrow? And he gave me a thumbs up. So I was like, oh, damn it. Yeah, now I got to do it now. (laughs) And it was fine. I feel great. So hopefully I will get into the cardiologist soon and I'll be on my way. I loved what my sister Beth said about it. She said, this is just a tune up needed before your next destination. That's all. So the other things that are required before this surgery is all of these tests, all of these cardiac clearances, but also I'm required to engage in a support group. And I had the first support group meeting this week as well. It's been a busy week, y'all. The support group was conducted via Zoom, and it was led by a clinical psychologist, Dr. Keller, through Integris. And it was great. There were like 30 people on the call. And the theme of his talk was about COVID-19 and how to stay on track during a pandemic. So I thought it was really, really helpful. He talked about emotional triggers, environmental triggers, and just biology, And he really shared some really good ideas on things that we can do, especially environmental management. One of the things that he suggested is that we should stop eating at our desks. You know, with this pandemic, a lot of our workstations and eating stations and living stations, everything's kind of blended right now. And so he just encouraged everyone, don't blend your eating station with your workspace. That's a standard environmental management tool. And I'm guilty of that. You know, I get my hunger signal. I'm like, oh, it's time to eat. I'll go and grab the meal that I have planned. And I eat it while I'm checking email, you know, looking at Facebook. I'm doing all sorts of other things that are distracting me. And when I'm distracted like that, I know for a fact that I'm not able to really listen to my body because my body will tell me when it's satisfied. I know that. But if I am the least bit distracted, whether it's with TV or Facebook or work or emails, I'm going to miss that signal. So that was really encouraging. He also talked about biology and how just on a biological level, we need to be able to manage our machine. And managing that first is huge. And what he meant by that was paying attention to your hunger And then making that first choice and staying hydrated with your fluids. You know, sometimes when when we are dehydrated, our brain will start sending a signal that it's dying of starvation, right? And that could be a false hunger signal. So make sure that you're getting your fluids. Make sure that you're hydrated. And that choice, that first choice is the most important one. Because remember, your stomach is going to be really small. And so, of course, they push solid protein as that first choice. And then he shared just how we can be aware that, you know, with COVID, it has increased for a lot of us, anxiety and depression. And when those emotions are up, our give a rip goes down. And that's so true. And so he said in those moments, just try to be in a place of gratitude and just try to do your basics. And then he had a couple of people share their stories who have had the surgery and how long they were out, and what their challenges and successes have been. And that was really, really helpful. I'm required to go to at least one before surgery and at least one after, but I'm going to take advantage of every single one. First of all, they're free, and they're via Zoom, and they're the third Monday evening of every month, and I believe the first Saturday of every month. So I'm going to take advantage of all of them. Why not? Next week, I'll be meeting with my dietitian for the first time. And after that appointment, I have a psychological evaluation. All right, y'all can stop laughing. (laughs) And then a physical evaluation. And then after my cardiac clearance, I should be closer and ready for surgery. I'm thinking it's probably gonna be the middle to end of October. But I'm going to keep all of the tools that I have learned on this journey. This is just another tool. So psychological evaluation, physical evaluation, And I have to lose 15 pounds before surgery. I'm already down five. I feel like I can lose 15 pounds in my sleep. (laughs) My challenge has never really been losing weight. It's losing the mental weight. And then of course, keeping that off. But these tools all together, I truly believe are going to help me live a long life where diabetes is not the contributing factor in my death. And then I can run for a long, long time. So I really had to check the shame that I was carrying just in myself, really had to check that and work on it. And then the second area was to worry about other people's opinions. You know, I shared in the last episode an opinion chart that my coach shared with me and that I share with my clients and I want to share with you today. If you haven't listened to it yet, basically here's what the opinion chart says. Someone has an opinion about you. The first question you ask is, did you hear it? If you did not hear it yourself and you did not see it yourself, guess what? Delete. And by delete, I mean that you don't consider it. Another second. You remove it from your thought. Now, maybe you did hear it or see it. Do you know them? If the answer is no, delete. Why would you even care about someone's opinion that you don't even know? And I like to add this caveat. Do they even know you? I can't tell you how many times, especially right now, as a new school board member and during COVID and our return to learn policies and procedures, you would not believe the opinions that are sometimes voiced on the Deer Creek Parents page. And I had to learn very quickly that it is not personal because there's no way the people that have some of these nasty opinions, they just don't know. They don't know the work that is going on behind the scenes, no matter how often that work is shared specifically, they just don't know. Or maybe they're operating from a a terrible place of fear and anxiety and depression. But most importantly, they don't know me. They don't know my heart. They don't know what I'm really about. And so in those moments when I don't know them and they don't know me, I for sure delete it. Now, let's assume that I know them. The next question is, do I value their opinion? If I value their opinion, then yeah, I'm gonna think about it. But if I don't really value their opinion for whatever reason, guess what, delete and move on. The next question, if you do value their opinion, ask yourself, Is it? could it be from a place of love? If the answer is no, delete. If the answer is yes, consider it. But after you go through this entire process, guess what? The bottom line is it is still your choice. So people are going to have opinions about your choices. I know people have opinions about this choice to have gastric bypass. I get it. And I'm going to listen to them and I'm not going to hold it against them. And if it's somebody's opinion that I value and somebody that I know and that I know it's coming from a place of love, yes, I have considered it and I will consider it. But at the end of the day, it's my choice. At the end of the day, whatever choices you are facing where you may be faced with a multitude of other people's opinions, remember it's your choice. It's just a choice. So I will share my journey here and I want to hear from you. Maybe this has encouraged you a little bit to share some of your journey. If that's the case, hop on over to the Facebook page, Hellcats Hope Podcast. Or send me an email of something you'd like to talk about or ask about. I want this platform to be about finding humor, healing, and hope in everything. I know there's some things we're not going to be able to find humor in, but I'm pretty sure we're going to find some humor along this one. And it's definitely, I think, going to be a place of healing one way or another. And I have no doubt that it's going to be one of hope because I already have hope. I have hope that this is going to be a tool that's going to help me reverse type 2 diabetes. I have hope that this is a tool that's going to help me be able to run well into my 80s. Now, I want to end with this. I was listening to Dr. Bertice Berry this week. And on her Facebook page, she does a daily video. And the video from August twenty first, 2020, just struck me to my soul. It was wonderful. And she shared about being able to bring your whole self into the moments and not be afraid to be who you really are. She shared how she used to work so hard at trying to be, quote, professional. And I could so relate to that. You know, it's funny when people say they've listened to the first one, two or three episodes that I sound a little um, different, that I sound a little too rigid and I didn't really sound like myself. And I get it. Now, now I don't go back and listen to my episodes, but I can see that perception easily because it didn't really feel until, until about episode four and every episode after that, that I really feel like I'm just being myself. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be professional. And what Dr. Bertice Berry shared is that sometimes when we're so worried about being professional that we leave ourselves behind. Nothing takes more energy than not being who you are. What gives you more energy is when you're being your whole self in that space. And I so relate to that. You know, people ask me, you know, what What do you like about coaching? And I say, it energizes me. What do you like about this podcast? It energizes me. I will finish a podcast episode and every single coaching session that I have, and I would feel like I can go run a marathon. It is that level of energy to my spirit. And it's because I'm learning how to just, I just bring my whole self. I had a client tell me this week, you know, you just tell me like it is. I've been to therapy for years, and no one would just tell me like it is. They would just say, yeah, I can understand why you feel that way. But you have a different objective approach, and you tell me, Maybe what a different truth might be out there. And I think the reason that works is because I bring my whole self to it. Bring your whole self to the moments. And don't be afraid to be who you really are. Because all those tools that you have, they help others to bring forth the tools that they have. That was the point Dr. Barry was making. And it was so powerful. And it's so true. I found it in my own life. She said we heal ourselves before we try to heal the world because unless we are willing to be who we are, how can we encourage others to be themselves? So just be who you are. March to the beat of your own drum and do it unapologetically. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Hellcat's Hope. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe to book me as a speaker for your next event, work one-on-one as a coach, or find more information on my upcoming book, please go to whatthehellcat.com. Thanks for listening.